Welcome to Strategy Simplified. This episode, Recession Proof Resume, is coming out at a moment in time that is full of some of the most radical social and economic upheaval in recent history, with over 40 million Americans and many more people around the globe out of work, and issues brought to light by George Floyd's death related to systemic racism. We are all having a moment to think about the companies that we want to work for, the kinds of organizations that we want to be associated with, and what we want our resume to reflect in terms of what we've done and what we want to do going forward. In light of this, Recession Proof Resume will help you think about how to build your story one voice at a time. How do you reshape and rethink your resume in a recession? I'm Jenny Ray LaRue, the Managing Director of Management Consulted and ex-Bain Consultant. And at Management Consulted, we've gone through a recession before. So we have a lot of insight into what you should be thinking about right now to reshape your resume in the middle of a recession. I'm looking forward to walking through three parts of the resume with you. We're going to talk through structure of a resume and how it should be tweaked and focused in a recession. We'll talk about format of a resume, and we'll finally talk about the content of the resume. So I wanted to give you a brief introduction just about me and my resume process and what we do at Management Consulted just to give you a sense of where all of my information is coming from. I actually applied to Bain as an experienced hire, not from a graduate or an undergraduate program. Now, I did have a big advantage in that both my undergraduate and my graduate programs are from Target School. So I went to the University of Virginia for undergrad and I went to Columbia Business School for grad. But ultimately, our main focus here now is on helping people get into top roles, like product management roles, consulting roles, and the like. At Management Consulted, we review over a thousand resumes a year, and we do those not just to take a look and see what could be better, but we actually get our hands dirty with all of them. So we edit them from top to bottom. We edit the format, we edit the content, and we edit the structure of all of those resumes. And we begin to notice trends inside recessionary environments from what people are getting in terms of feedback on their resume that's different. That's what I really want to highlight for you today. The first place that we're going to start is with resume structure. The resume structure is where we really work on tweaking what kind of story you're telling with your resume. And it doesn't tell the content of the story, but every story that's a great story has a good structure. I don't know if you remember in elementary school when you had to map out a story, the beginning, the problem, the escalation, and the kind of crisis moment, and then the resolution or the denouement. And when we put all those pieces together inside a resume, it tells a great story. Now, what matters in a recession? There are things that always matter, having great experience, having great education, and having strong leadership. But what matters most in a recession is really the question that we should be asking ourselves. First of all, your experience will trump everything. So if you have an average background, from an average school, an average leadership experience, but great work experience, it will trump absolutely everything in a recession. Why? Firms automatically pull back on professional development and they pull back on hiring and they narrow the focus of who they hire to the people who they believe are most mainstream, the most likely to be qualified. In non-recessionary periods, people get more creative. They're like, we should try this 
kind of artistic degree to do an analytical job. Uh, if you remember investment banks in their heyday pre the last recession, they were hiring people that came from all kinds of different backgrounds, like PhDs in neuroscience. And so as firms get more creative in the heyday of economies, uh, they get less creative in non-heyday periods like recessions. So your experience matters ultimately. And this goes to what you need to be putting on your resume, just in the fundamental sections. First of all, if you worked for a brand name company, you need to highlight that on your resume. And if you worked for a company that worked for a brand name company, you need to highlight that on your resume. If you did analytics of any kind, but especially Excel, R, Tableau, Stata, a lot of the core programs, you need to highlight that on your resume front and center if you can, because analytics was always at a like 0.2% unemployment rate. It was super, super tiny. And analytics will probably remain or even go down in terms of the numbers because organizations need to rely on data more in a recession rather than less. You need to demonstrate that you had business understanding. So let's say we see a lot of people that are engineers uh, that work in oil and gas or in other fields. Well, I don't really care that you led a crew of people on 48-hour shifts in the middle of an ocean to optimize something. What I care about is what that did for the business. Was it a cost or was it a revenue-generating enterprise? I need you to tell me really clearly how that's focused. And then finally, distinction. So I want to see that you were promoted, that you were offered a request to return or that you were put into a leadership class at your organizations. And all of those four things in the experience category are the first place that we focus. And whenever possible, as long as you have great experience, uh, when you're not applying in an on-campus role, you put experience first. Education is also going to be important, the pedigree of your organization, whether you did quantitative coursework, performance being top. And then finally, leadership is going to be important. I'm going to want to see that you did something outside of your experience and your education. Uh, in general, people that, are, that have this third dimension that lead outside of the classroom are more durable, more flexible, more adaptable in situations of great change like we see in recessions. So we're going to look at how you led people, how you managed budgets, how you directed impact, and ultimately how you made a professional experience out of something that was not paid or not graded. If you're in school or graduating, you're going to put your heading at the top, your name and your contact info, and your contact info is going to be the location, school or non-school that is the closest geographically to the place that you're applying. The education part is generally going to come first if you're going through on-campus hiring. It's a message to them that you're applying for a role that is only open to students, then your work experience, and then in a separate section, your leadership experience. Let me make it very clear. I don't want to hear about entrepreneurial experience and work experience in two separate sections. I don't want to hear about community and professional leadership in two separate sections. I want three total core sections of the resume, education, experience, and leadership, and I want them in that order. Publications and presentations are appropriate if you're a PhD or an advanced degree. Otherwise, no real estate needed for that. And then the final section of the resume is a personal section. Some people don't have one, and some people need theirs to be bulked up. In the personal section, we look for things like your languages, your community involvement that doesn't fit in other places, 
any specific and vivid interests that you have that would be great conversation starters and any technical skills. Now, in contrast, if you are an experienced hire, I'm going to have you put your heading, your name and your contact info first. An overview, if you have more than three core work experiences where you need to pull out themes, whether they're branded or non-branded, having those work experiences can be super helpful. And then there are gonna be three sections, experience, leadership, and education in that order. Now, the only exception to that is if you went to a super pedigreed institution like an Ivy League school or a major engineering university, and you have better pedigree rather than your version of the experience that you've had. For example, maybe you had great experience, but it wasn't name brand. I probably would put your top university there as long as you have not been out of school for more than two years. Finally, there's going to be a personal section, and in it, it will be the same stuff as if you were graduating from a university. There are a couple of key substructure reminders that you need to keep in mind when you're thinking about the structure of your resume. First of all, you're going to do reverse chronological structure inside each of the sections. Do not make the resume skills-based or choose based on what you think is the coolest. Balance is a big focus when we think about structure. So not only do we think about the three core sections and then the last personal section, but we try to make sure that each of those sections is quite evenly weighted throughout the resume. The level of detail in your documents is also really important. Three to five bullet points and two levels max of the bullet points. In addition, you can make sure that you use double entries double degrees, promotions, or return offers to effectively put more experience onto your resume. Remove any irrelevant experience. If you are a barista, love you, don't want to hear about it. And then push entries to bullet points if there are too many sub-entries, maintaining that focus on the balance. Once we have done an edit, we will rework the structure. We'll make this resume kind of gnarly. We'll pull things out that we think don't fit or in the wrong timeline or are not appropriate for the overall story that you're trying to tell you. And we'll also note if there are gaps in certain areas. We might demote or promote certain bullet points that are already on your resume as well. Consulting resume format is the next thing that we wanna think about. Now in a recession, there are just a couple things that matter for format. Number one, the tolerance for any mistakes in a recession goes to zero. Font size, tabs, spacing, using lines that you've pasted on your page and having them end up in the wrong place. Unforgivable sins in this kind of environment. So you have to make sure that your format is a perfect format. That's the first P. The second P is a professional look. And in general, people favor not creativity, not standing out, but professionals. And so there is a preference for serif fonts, times, Garamond, Georgia. Those fonts stand out and look better on a resume, and those are more serious and weighty fonts in this kind of situation. In addition, your font needs to match your cover letters. There's no tolerance when you send in this higgledy-piggledy package. And then finally, the third P is pointing the way. Emphasize key things with bold and caps so that in your resume you have the right things, bolded, capped, or ultimately also italicized. And you want to de-emphasize others by putting them lower on the page, not bolding them, or putting them further into lines. Some key resume formatting tips include the length of your resume. 
We get asked this a lot. Isn't a two-page okay? What about a three-page? Here's the reality. In a recession, people read more resumes. So what do you want to do? Do you want to be read or not read? Our goal is a one-pager for everyone. Now, for some people, if you have very substantial work experience, I'm talking 10 to 15 years at pedigreed institutions where you held substantial project-based roles in more than three of them, sometimes we'll do a two-pager. But still, a one-pager can often be effective, and that's really what we're looking for. In addition, your margins need to be about a half an inch at a minimum. The font size 10 to 11.5. Uh, spacing should be single space with at least a half a line between each entry. The color needs to be black and white. And the font should be sans serif, including Arial, Arial Narrow, or Calibri only in situations where your university requires it. Like I mentioned before, serif fonts are in vogue. Finally, Consulting resume content is a huge can of worms, and I'm going to open it a little bit. Uh, but our focus when we're thinking about content is really making sure that the right stuff is on your resume and where you're missing it that we let you know. So once we've got your structure in place and we've reworked the order and the positioning and the sections for everything, and then once we've done your formatting to make sure that it looks like an adult resume with all of the appropriate things that that involves, the last thing that we spend most of our time on is your content. Now, what matters in a recession? What are we trying to call out so that people see it immediately? Number one, did I mention that the unemployment rate for analytics is unlikely to be tiny? It's unlikely to even be there. I mean, if it is there, it's going to be tiny. So it's unlikely that we're going to have this very high unemployment rate for analytics. Why? They become important, more important, understanding data and where things are going in real-time information, more important in times of rapid change. So if you've used Excel, you need to mention it by name. Not analyzed, but in Excel, analyzed, or analyzed using Excel, or built a model in Excel, but you need to use the word Excel so that people understand that you've used it and liked it before. You can also mention if you've worked with Stata, SQL, R, Tableau, and Access, which are kind of bonus programs. And if you had a quant major or a quant degree, you'll want to call those things out. Some of the basics, if you had solid grades, we're going to put them on there. If you, and solid grades in a recession usually mean 3.7 GPA or above. If you had solid name brand work experience, we're going to call that out and make sure that it's all over the place. Um, solid leadership, we're going to make sure that we really emphasize one to two key leadership areas so that your story is immediately vivid, but also memorable, right? not just structured in the right way, but that they can clue in on analytics and basics. Now, that's the A's, analytics, and B's, the basics. But the final thing is your competence. We want to see that you had actual leadership experience metrics in each line to explain who you worked for, metrics to illustrate what you did, and ideally success that is projected or actual. We would never send a resume out the door that does not have a metric in every line. You need metrics to stop people when they're reading your information. When they see a number, they become curious about what the number means. And so they begin to look for the context for the number, and it prolongs someone's review of your resume, provided they're not completely overused, like 10 metrics per line. 
Finally, in summary, when you're thinking about content, and we could go on and on for this, I recognize that, uh, there are a lot of things that you need to think about. I'm going to give you a summary in just a second, but just before I do, I want to let you know that we are, I believe, the best place in the world to get a tailored, affordable, in-depth resume review. We do an incredible job for our clients, and we get them into places that sometimes are shocks even to us, but we just retell their story in a way that makes sense. We never lie, but we just call out the truth, the wonder that's already in your experience. So without further ado, I'm going to finish this up, but if you'd like to work on a resume edit with us, we'd super duper love to help you. Four things that you need to remember when you're building content. Number one, provide the context for everything. If you tell me that you worked at Disney, but don't tell me who you worked for, how big the budget was or what you did, I might under view what you did. If you worked for any non-name brand firm, this becomes even more materially important. And then you can, in the context, provide numbers. That's some of the best place to put the number in the line. For action words, we wanna use one per line. For achievements, you can mention whether something is an actual outcome, whether you won an award for an achievement, or even if it was just a projected achievement. Let's say that you analyzed two million in potential savings. That is equivalent to realizing it in the mind of the reviewer. And then finally, you wanna make sure that you really work to put those numbers in. How many pages was report? How many team members did you work with? How many months or weeks or days did you work on a project? What was the monetary value? And then finally, what is the percentage? Ultimately, we know that your resume might need a lot of tweaks and we would, again, love to work on it. If you take all of this to heart and you rebuild your resume, you can always, in addition, feel free to send it over for us to look at. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Recession Proof Resume. We cover a lot of different things on Strategy Simplified, but if you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. In addition, we'd like to reach out to you directly so that we can give you feedback on your specific personal resume and to hear about ideas that you have for future episodes. Email us at team at managementconsulted.com.